This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Good evening. How's everyone doing? All right. We're just going to head into it. Holy Spirit gave me clear instruction. And just even what um, Alex was saying, what the band was doing tonight, um, from the love of God to surrender to um, just the word worship. Um, the word worship to me, I... I I think when I first started coming here, I think it was Benny Johnson that said, worship is the word kiss. And I've always admired that worship. And something I've learned about me is I will always worship the thing I enjoy the most. And David says this in Psalm 63. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. And he says, because your love is better than life. It's better than life that he would abandon everything to just to have more of that love. And according to John 17, that love, Jesus prayed that it would be in you. And it's there right now as you look at me, if you're born again, it's there right now, living, breathing God. Now we live in Northern Virginia, so we struggle with something <laughs> called busyness, called the flesh, um, called, I don't have my cell phone on me, but my gosh, how many of you are... It's just like, you'll be in conversation. I don't know. Sometimes it's just like, <laughs> or I was talking to a gentleman. He said, you know, I deleted the app God told me to, but I find myself wanting to click it and it's not even there anymore. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's habit. And so I wanted to continue with what we've been talking about, faith and really life in the spirit. And what Pastor Gavin has been really talking about that, that love of God, it, it's spirit. It's spirit. God is spirit. And we worship in spirit and in truth. That according to Romans 8, we're called to live in the spirit. And if you go to this house, specifically, I'm talking to you. We have a word over this house that you were called to demonstrate. Say demonstrate. What it means to live in the spirit. And so I just want to continue this journey of breaking down what is the flesh? What is the spirit? And how do we enjoy what's already in us? Say now. It's already, already Colossians 2 in the message says it beautifully. Entering into God's fullness is not something you figure out or, or try to achieve. You're already in because of him. You're already in. You're already in. You're already in. And so I want to start today by reading Romans 8. So if you have your Bibles, go to Romans 8. And Holy Spirit was very specific. And he said, you're going to read it in the message. And I said, okay, I love the message. I'm on, a, I'm bored. We're going to jump back from New King James and message probably um, today, maybe some King James, but um, Romans chapter eight. So if you have your Bible, let's turn to Romans eight, which to me is, is I, I'm going to read the title. This is in the message Bible, how it titles every chapter. And Romans eight is the solution is life on God's terms. That's life in the spirit. Isn't that a beautiful title? I, I want to meet who wrote the message. Is it Peterson or something? But I love that the solution is life on God's terms, on God's terms, not your terms, God's terms. And so I really want to break down this flesh and the spirit. We're going to read Romans 8. And I, I want to just break down this one discipline, this one word, this one thing that, that we all know. And I believe it's the key to everything in here. But this guy hates it alone. It fights, and now we all know it. I, if I were to say, how many of you want to renew your strength like eagles? 
right? How many of you want to inherit the land, your inheritance? How many of you want, want strength that's just, you will run and not grow weary? How many of you want that in your life? You want that to be normal. You want it to be supernatural. Or there's this one word that we're going to study tonight. And it's one word alone. And it's those who wait on the Lord. That is the key to life in the spirit and the flesh hates it. But here's why. A lot of times we say wait, we think time. It has nothing to do with time. Everything to do with your expectation has nothing to do with time. Maybe probably there's some time, but has nothing to do with time. Are we ready for Romans 8? All right. So this is Romans 8. We're starting from the top. We're going to go all the way to verse 25. So let's just read it. Are we ready? The solution is life on God's terms. (sighs) With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, the fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. Say new. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote or unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. Enter the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, say brain, (laughs) could never have done that. Say self-effort. Thank you. Law, when you say hear law, hear self-effort, hear this word, and this is really what it's all about. It's, my gosh. Remind me to throw these away. That's what I do with the kids, sorry. It's this word, and it's this word only. It's the word I. It's the word I. Law, think I, think self-effort. For what law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver, praise God, though we keep trying, but we couldn't deliver is accomplished. Here we go. As we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace the spirit, simply embrace what the spirit is doing in us. I'm going to read that again. Instead of redoubling our own efforts, we simply embrace what the spirit is doing in us. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Or I like to add there, experiencing it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them. Living and breathing God. Obsession with the self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. 
that person ignores who God is and what he is doing. And God isn't pleased at being ignored. <laughs> Chuckle at that one. Ah, here we go. But, but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible, say invisible, it's not an ugly word, invisible, but clear present God, the spirit of Christ won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if this alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, (laughs) say he does. That's right. I'm going to read that again. When God lives and breathes in you, (sighs) breathe. And he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. Say new life. Say, I'm in, I'm in a new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. I'm going to say it how I believe Paul would say it. There's things to do and places to go. I believe he was very excited here. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Say expectant. Greeting God with the child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. I'm going to say that again. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. I'll say it how Pastor Gavin would would probably, um, if he had a Bible, he would write it this way. God's spirit touches my identity and redefines who I really am because I'm new, right? We're all new. So we all need redefining every single one of you. I don't care how long you've been born again. You should all be redefined by Holy Spirit because you're something this world has never seen before. And he's very excited about that. Amen. Where was I? I have a lot of words on my paper. What scripture? What's next, Papa? Papa? Ooh, I'll I'll tell you, son. (laughs) Ah. Here we go. Who we really are. Ready? We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we certainly go through the good times with him. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. 
Everything in creation is being more or less held back, but God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us. It's within us. Come on. I'll say that again. It's not only around us. It's within us. The spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pains. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother, we are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful of our expectancy. (sighs) Man, all right, Holy Spirit. Anyone got a phone? Do you have the message? No, no, you need it. You need it. Anyone else have a phone? Pastor, can you just finish reading? Go for it. For what, 26? Yeah. Holy Spirit just said read the whole thing. 26 says, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our worldless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnancy condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, He followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. 31. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. 
Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, no trouble, no hard times, no hatred, no hunger, no homeliness, no bullying threats, no backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sticking ducks. They pick us up. I'm sorry. They pick us off one by one. None of these fast us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Thank you. We had to finish the love part. Sorry, Holy Spirit was like, tell them. <laughs> nothing can separate you from the love of God. I want to break down this word. Now we have a flesh. Go ahead and pinch yourself. We have a body. And we have a spirit. This is what Gavin's been talking about. We have a mind. We have the mind of Christ in us. And it's the, I love what he said on two Sundays ago, it's the identity of Christ. That one was a game changer for me. How many of you, when you think mind of Christ, you just think thoughts? It's bigger. It's the identity of Christ. And that's what Paul's saying, that his identity touches my identity and redefines who I really am, which is you're a new creation created in Christ Jesus, Right which means you're supposed to be something unbelievable because God chose you to be his home and you're looking at an amazing Abel. And I hope every day you look up in the mirror and go, I am an amazing, whatever, Matt, skinny Matt, right? You're looking good. I'm catching up to you, better watch out. But I truly believe this was the biggest thing that I've learned about the flesh in the past probably three months. And Mark and I have been on this journey. We've talked about this, this one aspect of going into the spirit and making this normal. And I believe it really is this one word. It's the word wait. Say wait. So if you have your Bible, I want to break down this one word. And it's, in, it's, it's all over Psalms. So I want to I do it in Psalms. So the first scripture is Isaiah 40, verse 31. It's a very popular scripture. And we all can quote it. But do you have it? <laughs> is there substance to this in your life or are you worn out? Are you burnt out? Are, are you angry? Are you frustrated? Isaiah 40 verse 31, but those we will do new King James. If you got it, what does the ASV stand for? That's right. Go for it. New King James. Thanks. <laughs> but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now this word, first definition of the word wait is the word. I don't know if you could see this. Q U A V A is Kava. And I want to break this word down. It means, here's the key. It's to wait for eagerly with anticipation and expectation. There is an expectation in this way. It is to look for. And the other translation, what it means is this, and I love this one because it involves, ready for this? It means to bind together by twisting or engaging. So a lot of us think I'm going to go pray and I'm going to wait on the Lord. 
the reality is if there's no expectation, you're waiting for nothing. The Bible says, wait on the Lord, the Lord. He's already home. There should always be an anticipation. If there's no anticipation, if there's no expectation, do what I do. Go back to the menu. I always go back to the menu. I read the Psalms. Within me is strength, right? All these things, uh, this supernatural thing in me that is real. But here's the thing though, I have to wait. So one of the words for wait is this one. I'll say it again. It's to bind together by twisting. But the biggest thing is it's expectation. This is what waiting on God should look like. I'm God and I say, Go to the train station right now. Sometime tomorrow, a guy in a yellow jumpsuit is going to give you the winning Powerball ticket. I guarantee you, you would be at the train station like this. It's that kind of expectation. Do you have that anticipation with God? Don't lie. This is where we need to do what Pastor Gavin has asked us to do. We have to be honest or be mature enough to be honest with our heart. Do you have that expectation with God? Or if I just said, I'll give you the Powerball tickets and you're like, oh shoot, I'll wait ever for that. Like you're right. You're you're expected. You're waiting. You're late. You'll be foaming at the mouth. A lot of us, we don't have time for that with God. This is where we have to be honest with our heart. Can we be honest tonight? Because I, 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 this is going to be normal for us. We have to be honest first. All right, Kava. So the other, where this word, uh, just write these scriptures down. You don't have to go there. If you want to, if you're ready, uh, Psalm 25, five says this, it's the same word. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Thou art God of my salvation on thee. Do I wait all the day, all the day. Psalm 27 verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall what strengthen thy heart. Wait. I say on the Lord. It's the same word there. Psalm 37, nine, but those who wait upon the Lord, what shall happen to them? Inherit the earth, which is what sons do. Romans eight says in the new King James, we read in the message where it says what? The world is waiting for the what to manifest for what? The sons to manifest that spirit. That's him awakening who you are as a son. Only Holy spirit can do that. He wants us to inherit the earth. How do I get there? What, how did he get there? He told us, he told, he gave us very clear instructions. We may not like that word, but it's very clear. You want to know why this is the biggest thing I've learned about this word and it's become my addiction. What this word does is dismantles this guy. It disengages him. It just dismantles him. But it does take practice. It takes consistency because I'll say this. We know nothing about this. We know nothing. I, 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 I I know nothing. We know nothing about this. But if I read Acts, if I read these stories, there's something so real here that Paul considered everything as dung that he might know him here and lived an amazing life. King David, right? The same guy who's writing these Psalms says, your love is better than life. So there's something here that if I'm honest... I'm not drinking in yet, but I know it's there. I know it's there. We just read it. You can't, you can't tell me. So, so how hungry are you? Do you want it? Do you want it? Are you willing to kava to wait? Let's go into another word. Wait. Um, Psalm 62, five. This wait has many translations. So I'm just going to give you a few. (sighs) No more throwing markers, Abel. The kids get a joy when I do out of it. I don't know what you guys do. 
Tamam. I like this word. <laughs> Sounds like an Indiana Jones word. Tamam. My soul waits silently for God alone. Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting? For my expectation is from him. My expectation or my hope. A lot of us, we love going to God with our own hope, which is great. But the biggest thing about Wayne is he'll tell you what to hope for. He'll reveal his plan to you for you. He'll tell you your expectation. I have done this. I have read the word of God and I'll begin. And this is what this guy does. I will begin. I will plot with scripture without waiting. And I've done this. I've used scripture and I've tried to use human reasoning. Remember flesh is just human reasoning. Even if it's the word of God without the Holy spirit, I'll say that again. Flesh is human reasoning. Even when it's the Bible, without Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? That requires the pause or the sacred wait, as some people call it. How many of you have done this? You've plotted, right? You've schemed. Remember, this guy plots, schemes. Uh, Patrick Gavin used the word, he's impulsive. He reacts. The new habit has to be this guy. Wait. Now, we're going to talk about how to get there. Um, another scripture. Now let's break this word down. That word wait here. You, oh, I love this word. I love this word. You ready for this word? It means to be silent. It means to be still. And this is my favorite one. It means to grow dumb. Why? Cause you don't know. You don't have the answer. That's why you wait. The reason we don't wait cause we have the answer. I call it plan B's. I'll wait for God, but just in case, <laughs> just me, I just do that, right? We wonder why we don't see dunamis, power of God. We have plan Bs. We don't wait. We don't grow dumb. <laughs> Another word for this. I love this. Ready? To be struck dumb, to make silent, or pff, it, says, it says it in there. I didn't write this. To cause to die. Yes. <laughs> to cause to die. And the last one's ready for those to be astonished, to seize, to hold peace, to be still and to wait. Think about these words to bind together, to be still, to be silent. There's something about that. It's extraordinary. PC talks about this all the time where you'll be in prayer circles. And it's like, you've been in a prayer time and it's like, you want to be silent, but it's like, someone should say something. And it's like, and then someone speaks and it kind of ruins it. Yeah. Because in this realm, he does all the talking. It's called Rhema. It's called breath of life. Um, we, we had Pastor Gavin on the um, podcast and we talked about prayer. We talked about this realm. And I said, I said, Pastor Gavin, are we too busy in here? He goes, we need to learn to shut up. That's what he said. And I was like, amen to that. Anyone? This is some, by the way, you all can do this. He's invited you. This should be normal. I think a lot of times we go, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. No, 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 no. No, you will do it. And a lot of times, I'm sorry to say this, a lot of times until you're broken on your last thing, then you'll be like, okay, I'll do anything. I know the best times I've gotten this or have done this is when I have no other options. And I go, I'm done. I'll wait. 
I'll be stubborn. I'm not going anywhere. You're my only option now, right? As King David said, right? I wait only for you alone and I'll wait as long as it takes because I have no options. I have no other options. That's life in the spirit. You can't serve two gods, Jesus said. If your eye is single, right? Another one where the same word is used, Psalm 4.4. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. <sighs> still. This has to become a normal, I don't say it, it is a discipline, but it's something we, we all have to practice. It really is. But I'll say this as someone who's been experimenting for probably a year and a half now. There's something inside you, I promise you, that will satisfy you. If you want it. If you want it. If you don't, that's fine. But I'm talking to you. I know who I'm talking to right now. I can see it. You want it. You want it. You're like me. You're not happy. You want more. You're not satisfied with what's going on. You're not satisfied with uh, what I'm seeing here is not in my life. So I'm willing to do this in my marriage. I want to, I want to see this more. So I'm willing to do this. Amen. So we broke down Wait, And I want to we'll end with this. And I want to break down this other word that Pastor Gavin has been talking about. So to me, to go from this to this, it requires this one word. It requires your will. It requires your will. You all have a free will. And according to Romans 8, you don't owe the flesh one red cent. You've been set free from it. In other words, you don't have to give it an excuse anymore. You don't have to give it a voice. It's going to have a voice, but I don't have to give weight to it. A lot of us, we give weight to it still. This is why we punish ourselves. When we miss it, we, 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 we go into repentance for weeks and it's like, one day I'll get back in. What are you doing? You're in. I just read it in Romans 8. Read Romans 8 again. Go back to the menu. This makes sense, but I want to talk about this word will. So go this. Let's go to Isaiah 30. We'll be in the uh, New King James for this one, and then we'll jump also to the message too, but it will be in New King James. But I want to break down some of these words because I want to break down life on God's terms and then my terms without him. Because I have that option every day, every day, every day I have that option of how much I want to see God. You, every morning you have an option of how much you want to see God. Do, do you believe that? You can have as much glory as you want. That's on you. you. You have this thing. How much do you want? Honestly, and I mean honestly. Um, Bill Johnson has a quote that scares me. He says, I'll give you the, as much glory as you're willing to take a bullet for. <laughs> I was like, shut up, Bill. <laughs> Some, I don't know, but it really hit my heart. I even put on my wall for years. I was like, yeah, I don't want it. You know why I put on my wall? Because I made me realize I don't want it yet. And that's okay. Everyone look at me. That's okay. Because I'll tell you something about him in this nature. Do you know what he does while you're off living in this one? He waits. His unchanging nature like I said, never changes. His posture for you never changes, no matter what. As the prodigal son leaves, he's still there in expectation waiting for you. So throughout my day, I might've went through 
morning till 2 p.m. and then just going, oh, I didn't think about God once. How many have done that? I didn't pray to God once. And we go, oh, maybe he'll let me. No, he's, he didn't change. He didn't change people. Let, let, let's stop hitting the reset button. Like we got to start over and start level one. Could we, could, could we could please this year? Let, let's bury that thing. Amen. Anyone ever done that or just me? It's like, I hit the reset button with God. I looked at that thing or I did that thing. And it's like, I hit the reset. There, there's no such button. There's no such button. You, you, you're in. Okay. He knows what you're going through. His nature doesn't change. We're sin abounds. Yes. Amen. All right. Let's go through Isaiah 30. So here you're going to have God's people in Egypt and you're going to hear God speak. And you're going to talk about plotting my way versus getting counsel, waiting wisdom from God. And here's what he says. Ready? New King James. Uh, I love the titles. So it says, feudal confidence in Egypt, (laughs) in New King James. So this is God. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. Now that word spirit, that verse one, devise plans, but not of my spirit. It's the word ruach, which means wind, which means breath, which means mind, mind. They didn't counsel with my mind, my spirit. You devised plans, you plotted, you schemed, and you said, Pharaoh, you chose Egypt. Now, Pharaoh is a great representation of that. It's a great representation of that. Egypt is a great representation of this. Right? How did Pharaoh lead? By fear, right? What were his decisions based off? Fear. Why do we live here? A lot of times fear, right? We make rash decisions. We're impulsive. We're this, we're that, right? It's the mind of Pharaoh. Because you did not get counsel here. So let's keep going. Now I want to read the same thing. Can we go to the message translation? Let's read the same thing. When I want to read the message. Can you do that? Isaiah 30. Just because it paints pictures. Message just paints pictures. Are we ready? <laughs> You'll love the title of the message in this one. I want to meet this Peterson guy. You ready? This is the title. All show, no substance. <laughs> That's been my Christianity a lot of times. All show, no substance. Here we go. I'm changing though. I'm changing, man. He's in me. Woo. We ready? So Isaiah 30, same thing. Uh, message translation. Doom, rebel children, God's decree. You make plans, but not mine. You make deals, but not in my spirit. You pile sin on sin, one sin on top of another, going off to Egypt without so much as asking me. Anyone ever run back to their past and let their past beat them up? Did you ask God? (laughs) Running off to Egypt, running off to Pharaoh for protection, expecting to hide out in Egypt. Well, some protection Pharaoh will be. Some hide hide out Egypt. They look big and important. True, which with officials, strategical, established. Isn't that brain strategy? All this, all that, right? All the plots and schemes, right? With all these things, some protection. 
in Zoan in the north and Hanes in the south, but there's nothing to them. Anyone stupid enough to trust them will end up looking stupid. All show no substance, an embarrassing farce. Now let's meet God. Are we ready to meet God? We're going to jump to verse 15. Are you ready? This is beautiful. We'll do a new King James and then we'll do the message. Just for time's sake, we're jumping to 15. For thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. The real translation is this, but you were not willing. King James says, in returning to rest to me and all these things, you will be saved, but you were not willing. I was there. I'm still there, but you were not willing. And that word will, if you break it down, it's the word um, ABA, but it's Ava. It's not Abba. It's Ava. But it means really to be willing to consent, to yield to, and to accept. And you said what? No, for we will flee on our horses. Here we go. Here's plotting and scheming, right? I got fast horses. I got this. We're, we're fine, God. I got this, right? Therefore, was it, for we will flee on horses. Therefore, you shall flee and we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one and the threat of five you shall flee till you are left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a banner on a hill. Verse 18. Are you ready? Let's meet God. Even when we plot and scheme, say no condemnation because we're all learning. We're all children. Here's the heart of the father. Therefore, the Lord, what is he doing? It's the first wait word that I gave you tonight. What is he doing there? He's waiting in expectation. This is what he does while we're plotting. While we're in the flesh, we think God's like, Mary. no, no, no. He's, he's rooting. He's groaning. He's expected, right? We just read Romans 8. He's there alive. That's the same wait that God's doing for you right now, right now in you. There's an expectation that he has. There's a binding together that he wants to do with you. Does this make sense? That's God's, that's what he does. Even when we choose day in, day out, plotting, scheming, choosing our, isn't this amazing? I'm sorry, this one really hit me. But this is who he's doing. Let's keep reading. Therefore, the Lord will wait. Why? Why is he waiting? That he may what? Be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted that he may have what? Mercy on you. His expectation is, it's like the prodigal son, come back to me, I'll show you my mercy. I'll I'll, I'll flaunt it for you. But you, with your will, have to return to me. You have to wait. God, just turn. Just turn. Practice being still. Practice being sad. Just, Just return. Just return. Even when I yell at my son and this and that, this is what I've discovered being a dad. When I yell and I miss it, every time I shut up and be still, I meet his mercy. Oh, and it's real. But I had to get there by this. Because this dismantled this, because this guy wants to punish myself and he wants to keep plotting on scheming. Let's read another Seth Dahl book. Just being honest. But I have God in me. I have Holy Spirit. I had everything we just read in Romans 8 in me. Let's finish. And therefore, uh, for the Lord is a God of justice. How many of you want to be blessed? Here we go. Blessed are those who what? Wait for him. Still for him. 
silent, waiting in expectation. You want being blessed? It's going to take practice waiting. Let's read the message and we'll be done. Amen. No substance, all show. Or, um, oh, okay, verse 15 through 17 in the message. I love these titles. Peterson, great job, buddy. God takes the time to do everything right. That's the title. Ready? God, the master, verse 15 through 17, the holy of Israel, has the solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you to turn back to me and what? Stop your silly efforts to save yourselves. Your strength will come from what? Settling down in complete dependence on me. The very thing, here you go, what? You've been unwilling to do. The very thing you've been unwilling to do. You said, no way. We'll rush off on horseback. You'll rush off, all right. Just far enough, you said. We'll ride off on fast horses. Do you think your pursuers ride old nags? Think again. A thousand of you will scatter before one attacker, before a mere five, and you'll all run off. There'll be nothing left of you. A flagpole on a hill with no flag. A signpost on a roadside with the sign torn off. Verse 18, but God, right? Say, but God, (sighs) but God's not finished. What is he doing? He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right. Everything. And those who wait around for him (laughs) are the lucky ones. (laughs) I love that translation. I'll say that again. Those who wait around for him, those are the lucky ones. I'll quote um, uh, Denzel Washington. The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. We must learn to be quiet. We must learn. This realm of the spirit is something we don't know about. So this has to become our addiction. And it takes practice. It takes day to day. And I want to just end with this of how it's been helping me this month. And this is how I believe it can help you. Because I, I, I want one thing for you this Christmas break. I want you to enjoy this. And here's how it's become my addiction. This thing, I, I've never, I, I've been a Christian for a long time. But within this past five months, this is my favorite thing. It's my, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's just everything. But I found how to get there. You know how to get there is? You know what it was for me? Just one word. This was the door to surrender my will. You know what it was? Ready? Inconvenience. I'll say it again. Inconvenience. Inconvenience. And I'll I'll give you a synonym. Disruption. Disadvantage. A problem. A trouble. Paul would say, my weakness became a portal to God's power. Inconvenience. But it takes practice but it's become my addiction. I'll tell you why. Because in this, Romans 8, what do you get? Life and peace. So I encourage you this season, you know when you're going to need to wait, when you could be honest with your inconvenience, when you feel you're being inconvenienced. What's that first letter in that word inconvenience? I, capital I. There's no such thing, look at me, there's no such thing as inconvenience in this realm. I don't think Paul and Silas were in prison. Like, this is such an inconvenience, man. We got to be preaching the gospel. No, no, no. They were in a different realm, baby. They had no other option but to worship. Inconvenience. It has become my drug. I'm just saying. Uh, Two days ago, I got home 
and my wife was mad at me and I was cooking chicken and something you don't know about me is I only meet the people that, that, that work here know this. I only meet, eat one meal a day. Some of them think I'm robots and I don't eat. I eat when I go home, but um, I get home so I don't eat all day and I go home. I'm cooking my chicken and my wife thinks it's a great opportunity to share her heart, but I've been inconvenienced because I haven't eaten all day. And this is what I did. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> and she shared her heart and I just stopped. I stopped. I stopped and I closed my eyes. I had to stop and I had to look stupid. Sometimes you have to look foolish for God. I think it's in the scripture somewhere. But I waited and I said, Holy Spirit. And he said, are you ready to die? And I said, yes. And he spoke and he told me what to do. And I turned my chicken off. I've been in that same situation the year before. And I would say, we'll talk about it later. I need to eat. I need to eat. I just need to get something in me. I've made it all about me. But I, I, I'm telling you, when, when you experience it, I, this, this is a drug, people. It is just, it's such a draw from the Holy Spirit. And you could just, you suck it in. But I, I turned it off and I just went, oh, yeah. And I went into the laundry room and I locked the door because that's what husbands do. <laughs> and Holy Spirit told me, I can't share. It was very intimate. But it brought such a life and a peace that I couldn't do. And it also made me and my wife just, just, it was just life and peace. This is life and peace. But I would have missed it without the pause. I would have missed it. Now, this has been a journey for me. This turning off the thing took me a long time. Why? Because I want to be here. But every time I chose to wait and turn it off, he was there waiting waiting to be merciful, to be gracious, to give me exactly what I want, which is, I don't want this anymore. A scripture we don't talk about is in Romans 8, and it says in the, in the New King James, it says, those things of the flesh, it says this, you want all those things of the flesh die? It says the Holy Spirit puts it to death, not you. So you, that's your surrender. That's to, I'm angry right now. I want to be selfish right now. And I just put on the platter. I just put on the platter and I wait. I just wait. And he consumes it every time. If I, here's the key though. This is where these words come in. If I want it. If I don't want it, I won't wait. Are you willing to wait? How bad do you want to wait? What's your expectation level? We're all on different journeys here. Does this make sense? All right, that's it. I love you guys. I just want to encourage you. I'll say it again. Your inconvenience this week, and I, it's, it's, it's the Christmas week, I guarantee there's going to be a lot of inconvenience. Whose family houses you got to go to and all that. Oh, it happened on Sunday for me. My wife told me about a Christmas party she didn't tell me about. And I was like, wait. Uh, and then poof, poof, I went, bam, there so quickly. I was like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. <sighs> He's there every time. Amen. Just put your hand on your hearts and we pray over you. So go ahead and just embrace the Holy Spirit is arousing you within. <laughs> <laughs> so just practice real quick. Be still, shut up, and be quiet. And see his smile over you.
Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge your breath in us, that inside us is living, breathing you. And we just thank you for the opportunities this week where we get to wait and feast on you. Help us, not thy will, but your will be done. Because you are the answer to everything. For without you, we can't do anything. So if we need humbling in any parts of our walk, we give you full permission. Because we want you. Because your love is better than life. And it's only your love that can change us. So Holy Spirit, teach us how to wait. Individually, it's going to look so different for so many people. So I just pray that over everyone, that Holy Spirit, you would teach them how to wait for them. I bless every household, every family represented here, that your love and favor pursues them everywhere they go. If they ever, they feel lost, they can just wait. Because there you are, living, breathing God. <sighs> so we just bless this time and we bless every breath that we get to take because every breath we take is with you. So we thank you for every single breath because it's never alone. We thank you for that, Father. And Jesus' amazing, beautiful, happy birthday name. Amen. <laughs>